anyone need a handout tonight? If you need one, slip your hand up. If we're good to go, we can let our usher with bells sit down so I don't have to hear those bells anymore during the service. I'm going to put a rule for the ushers, no bells on your shoes. He's purposely making that noise back there now. At least we know where Mona is, so. Matthew chapter number one. Matthew chapter number one. We're going to dive right in. It looks like an exciting chapter before our eyes. Right, this is quite the passage to read. It is. You're gonna, it's going to be a blessing by the time it's over with tonight if I don't butcher enough names before we get to that point, okay? And you might say, well, Pastor, I would have said this this way. Well, then, if you can do it better than me, anybody, anybody claim they can say the names better than me? If you can, I'm going to point to you and let you say them when they come up because I, I will say I don't do it the greatest, but... I will listen to four or five different people. You know, you'll have your different Bible apps, and they have people read it. They all say it differently, too. So it's, you know, you say potato. No, I don't say potato. I say potato. You say potato. I don't know. So here we go. Matthew 1, verse number 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zerah of Thamar. And Phares begat Ezram. And Ezram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias, and Ozias begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekiel. Ezekiel begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josiah, well, Josiah, but Joseph. And Joseph begat Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Sathiel, and Sathiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat, uh, yeah, that's a good one, Abadu, and Abadu begat Ilikim, and Ilikim begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadok, and Sadok begat Akim, and Akim begat Ilhud, Il, Ilid, and Ilid begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away from Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Father, I pray you'd bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. I thank you for this passage of Scripture. And I thank you that we can look at it and study it and see some wonderful things tonight. We love you. We need you. And thank you for being our God. And thank you for as we look here tonight and we look at this lion of people. It's amazing who you put in this line. It's 
amazing the work you did in their lives and through them and with them. And sometimes I look, how could they ever be in that line? And then I think about the fact that I get to be a child of God, and it makes a lot more sense then. Thank you for it. Bless our time in this book tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Some of you might question, why are you reading a genealogy for the study tonight? Didn't I tell you my goal throughout my pastoral ministry is to preach through every book of the Bible? What are we going to do in First Chronicles? Have you thought about that one? I don't know what we're going to do through First Chronicles there. But we're getting practice. No, we're not really getting practice tonight. But when we look here and we look at these verses, and as we look at these names, we begin with Abraham and it goes to Mary and Joseph. The purpose of this genealogy here, as I mentioned before, is to show that Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews through the line of David, and we see his right to the throne through Joseph. That's what this shows us. The book of Luke shows us Mary's line. We can go further into all those things. But as we look here tonight, and when we look at these things, something that's unusual about a genealogy in the Bible is the fact, and this is just the way it was, the way it was done. Very rarely would you have a woman's name mentioned in a genealogy. And yet, there are five mentioned in this passage. I want to take a little bit of time tonight, and I want to talk about the five blossoms on the Lord's family tree tonight. As we go through here, I want you to look at these with me, and we're going to look at who they were, how they lived their life. Then we're going to look at what their names mean. And then we're going to tie it all together tonight, okay? And we'll do that in three pages of notes in Lord only knows how long. So here we go. Number one, we see the blossoms, the blossoms. As we look here tonight, as we dive in the blossoms, we begin number one. We look at verse number three. It says, And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar. Tamar is the first one mentioned here. Now, we are not going to take, we don't have time to go through all the scripture about Tamar tonight, but I want you to hold your place here in Matthew chapter 1, and young people tonight, I want you to pay attention as well. This is good stuff, and this will be a blessing to all of us tonight. Go to Genesis 38. Take your Bibles to Genesis 38. There's a lot of verses, so I didn't put them all up on the screen, because we would never be done with the screens if we did that, and the people who put the words up on the screens wouldn't be happy with me giving them that many. Genesis 38, and if I were to put all these verses down, your notes would be like 20 pages tonight. I'd basically give you a Bible to take home. Genesis 38, it says, and we look down at verse number 6, And Judah took a wife for Er his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. So God took Tamar's husband and slew him. He was that wicked. We go a little further into the story, and we see that the next brother didn't do what he was supposed to do. And we see in verse number 10, it says, The thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. Then said Judah to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at thy father's house till Shelah my son be grown. 
For he said, Lest pre-adventure he die also as his brothers did. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. The way it was supposed to work is the firstborn was the one who was supposed to carry on the family name. Well, when the firstborn died, the next brother would take his wife and raise up kids in honor of the firstborn. That's how it was. Well, the second brother there wanted no part in that. And so he made it so that God ended up killing him because he didn't do this. And you've got to think about it. Why was this important? Well, Judah's seed is very important down the line. If we're, we should talk about the, Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah, correct? So this is important. So Judah says, all right, Tamar, when my youngest son gets older, you can have, he'll be your husband. But he was never really planning on doing that because he didn't want his son Selah to die like the other two had died. So Tamar waits all this time, and basically what ends up happening, I'm just going to give you the short version of it tonight. There was a, she played the part of a prostitute, and her father-in-law went in under her, and they committed incest with one another. Tamar, in the line of Christ, this woman played the prostitute. Because of her prostitution and those things that happened, later on, Judah was told that his daughter-in-law is pregnant. But Judah's like, my youngest son's not been given to her. How does she get pregnant? He's ready to kill her. She's like, oh, these signets, these bracelets and things, this is the guy, and they were Judah's bracelets. Tamar had two sons, Perez, and who's the other one? Aren't they both mentioned in our passage tonight? So look back at Matthew chapter 1. And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar. The first lady mentioned lineage and the genealogy of Christ here played the prostitute and had incest with her father-in-law. They were both wrong in the situation, Tamar and Judah. But their, their sons are mentioned right here. We'll talk more about that later on. That's Tamar. That's the first one. Number two, we look down at verse number five. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Who is Rahab? Let's take our Bibles to Joshua chapter number 2. So the first blossom in the family tree of Jesus that we looked at is Tamar. And she had quite the relationship and a, and a bad relationship as we see. But now we're going to look, who is Rahab? Look at Joshua chapter number 2. And look with me at verse number 1. It says, And Joshua the son of Nun, poor guy, he had no parents. No, just kidding, just kidding. Nun, do you get it? Okay, a few, good, I'm glad a few of you laughed. It's okay, it's Wednesday night right before Christmas, you can laugh a little bit. Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab. So we have Tamar that had an incest relationship with her father-in-law. 
We have Rahab that was a harlot. Those are the first two blossoms we look at tonight. Number three, Ruth. Ruth. Now if we were to look at Matthew chapter 1 again, it says, And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obad of Ruth. When we look at Ruth, the book of Ruth bears her name. May I also tell you this tonight. Did you know that Tamar was not a Jew? She was a Canaanite. She was a Gentile. She wasn't even a part of the line. Let me help you out even more. Rahab, she was in Jericho. She was not a Jew. She was also a Gentile. Had no business being in this line. Ruth, was Ruth a Jew? No, she was a Moabite. You have another Canaanite. You have another, as we, or as we look at this here, you have another Gentile. She was a good woman. She was an upright woman that loved her mother-in-law and had the faith to go with her, and God really blessed her. But look at this line so far. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, letter D, Bathsheba. We look, as we continue on, we look at, it says there in verse number 6, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. Bathsheba was involved in an adulterous relationship with King David. Now, me personally speaking on this tonight, King David was the king. And King David was the one who was where he wasn't supposed to be at that time of day. There was a time when you took a bath. They had those times set. And a king brought her into his house. I personally blame David way more than I do Bathsheba in this case. Many of my Baptist friends would say she shouldn't have been taking a bath during that time of day. And I say David shouldn't have been out there looking at that time of day. King David had the power. She didn't have any power. And if the king tells you you're going to do something, you're kind of stuck. It's on David. Think about it. Bathsheba lost her husband in this whole thing. She loses a child. David cost her a lot of things by his life and what he did, but we're not going into all that tonight. But this woman who King David got the wrong way is in the line of Christ. David committed adultery with her. He might have even raped her. If you look at the, that could be that way. It's an awful thing that happened here. But her name is in the lineage of Christ. D, let's go to E. Mary. Mary is mentioned in verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary was a young, pure Israelite girl. And she was willing to sacrifice her reputation. You think about it. In our world today... It's acceptable to have a child without being married. 
In those days, it was not acceptable. And in God's eyes, it's still not acceptable today. May I just remind you of that? She was willing to bear that reproach. She was willing to do what God wants. Be it unto me according to thy word. What a statement from Mary. We see five blossoms found on the line of Christ, on his tree, the Lord's family tree. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Number two, we see the blessings. Say, well, pastor, you just said some bad things about a lot of these situations. There are a lot of bad things. Well, let's look at some things here tonight. And at this point in the sermon, you might even say, how are, these, how are some of these ladies even blossoms on the Lord's family tree? Some might even appear to be thorns. As you dig a little deeper into who they were, it becomes very clear that there's a tremendous blessing for every child of God when we study these out. You see, their names is where the blessing lies for you and me. Because in the names of these five ancient women, who, by the sheer grace of God, became ancestors to Jesus Christ, it shows we can see God's love and his provision through all of it. If we look at letter A underneath number two, we see that Tamar, the name literally means palm tree. Did you know that tonight? palm tree. It refers to stability and life-giving power. You think about a palm tree and how it stays in the air. And even it can be in a, de it doesn't even have to have, go out to the desert and, you know, when you're going out towards India and there, there's that area of all these palm trees there and you're just like, it's, it just looks weird. It's just sticking out right there. And as we think about that and we dive deeper, we think about Tamar, and we think about her name meaning a palm tree, you think about what God Jesus stabilizes all of life. He gives purpose to the wayward soul. He's a fountain of life. And you think about this, men are dead apart from him. That's where the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and verse number 1, and you have to be quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. And we think about the fact that when you come to the Lord, you're made alive. You are stabilized and life is given to you when you call on Jesus Christ. Acts 16 verse number 31, I believe it is. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. First John 5 12, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And God can take a prostitute and make great things out of her family. He can take a prostitute and make her stable. And that's what he did in Tamar's life. Letter B. Rahab. Her name means wide or broad. Not many ladies want that to be known about them, right? How any of you ladies in here tonight want to be known as wide and broad? Anybody tonight? Jenna does. All right, Jenna. So that's going to be your nickname going through school, Wide and Broad. No, I won't do that to you. But not many would want the name Wide and Broad, correct? But when you think about what the Lord did in her life, 
you think about, when I think of the fact that her name means wide and broad, I think of God's love displayed in her life. Wide and broad. Because she should have perished with all of Jericho. She was a wicked lady. And yet, she saved those spies. God worked in her life. And she was put in the line of Jesus Christ. If that isn't love, if that isn't God's grace flowing out, God's love is broad. It extends to all men. That's why the Bible tells us, Jeremiah 31, 3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with thy loving kindness have I drawn thee. The Bible tells us in John three sixteen, we looked at it Sunday, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you think about God's grace, and you think about all that God did in Rahab's life. When I think of wide and broad, I think of God's love and his grace working in her life. Letter C, we think of Ruth. What does the name Ruth mean? A friend. A companion. Hey, if there was ever a friend for sinners, I love that song. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. That's Jesus. Remember the Pharisees and the scribes got mad because he was a friend to all those that they wouldn't get near. Aren't you glad that he's a friend tonight? Aren't you glad that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother? And he's a friend to sinners. Matthew eleven nineteen, the Bible tells us, The Son of Man came eating and, and drinking, and they said, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of our children. He's a friend. The Bible tells us, when we think about John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Wow. Man, you think of Tamar, and she, a palm tree her name means. The stability and the life that God can bring to a life that's all messed up. Man, you think Rahab, and we think harlot, as the Bible says, but her name means wide and broad. You think of God's love wide and his grace broad around her and what God took her from and where God brought her to in her life. We think of Ruth and we think about God as our friend. And you have that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank God for Jesus tonight. We go to letter, or number four, the next one, letter D. Letter D, Bathsheba. Her name means daughter of an oath. daughter of an oath. Do you remember all those covenants we've talked about that God made? God fulfills all those. And whatever happened in Bathsheba's life, if it was forced, if she willingly, whatever the case may be, this reminds us once again of God's faithful to his promises. Daughter of an oath. When God promises something, he means what he says, and you can rest assured of that. Letter E, we look at Mary. This is an interesting one. Rebellion. Their rebellion. Rebellion. That's what her name means. Say, rebellion? She was the, she was the worst at being like her name. Because there was not much rebellion inside of her. But when we look at that, when you think about 
it's quite a contrast for her name to mean rebellion when she was so, her attitude was so willing to do what God wanted her to do. But it reminds us of the fact that rebellion against God is what made it that he had to send his son to die for us to begin with. If man wouldn't have rebelled against God, there would have been no need for Jesus to come. And Jesus came to help us. And as we look at those things, we think about 1 John 4, 19. The only reason tonight you love God, and how many of you say tonight that you love God? Would you raise your hand? You know why you love him? Because he loved you first. That's why you love him tonight. It's kind of crazy. The five blossoms in the Lord's family tree. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, Mary. We've looked at those blossoms. We've looked at the blessings and what their names mean. And I want you to see the beauty of it all as we close out tonight. You know, you might still be trying to figure out where I'm going with things. You'll get it here in just a minute. This is what I want you to know. Regardless of anything in your life, for what you perceive as a hindrance, Jesus can and Jesus will save you and make something great out of you. You might say, Pastor, I'm nothing tonight. What was Tamar? Hey, Pastor, you don't know what I've done in my life. Do we want to talk about Rahab? Do we want to go down that road? I really don't want to. we got a lot of kids in the room, so I don't want to go down that road. We look at these ladies, and we look at this line as we think about these things tonight. I want you to understand some things tonight as we just go through these real quick. The beauty of it all is this. It does, a lot of things just don't matter. You realize, number one, your origin doesn't matter. Hey, we look here. These were Gentiles. Four of them were Gentiles. We see that Mary was, a, was an Israelite, but the rest were Gentiles. The Jews looked at Gentiles as the outcasts. Wouldn't even let them pass the outer gate. There was a wall of partition between them. And I want you to know tonight, it doesn't matter what your origin is, God can do something great in your life. Number two, we see your ancestry. It doesn't matter. Maybe you've had some real great ancestors in your line. Gr drunkards, harlots, prostitutes, whatever the case may be. They were in Jesus' line too. Think about that one. And if Jesus could do what he did and change the lives the way he did, he can work in yours. Regardless, number three, of your station in life. Regardless of where you're at. Regardless of it. Number four, your past sins. Say, Pastor, you just don't know all that I've done. Do you not realize how great your God is tonight? There is one sin that's unforgivable. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The pastor, I've done... Savior that's big enough to save you from all the things that you've done. Your past doesn't have to define you. Hey, when we look here and we look at this line, do you, do, do you see as we go through here? Does it say, does it mention Tamar and say, this is the woman who had an incestful relationship with her father-in-law. Is that listed there? Doesn't even say anything about it. 
Do you see anything where it says Rahab the harlot? Not mentioned anywhere. Say, why aren't those things mentioned? When David's mentioned later on in the book of Acts, do you see where it talks about him being an adulterer and a murderer and those things? Because the Lord can take what you were. And remember that one passage where it says, and such were some of you. You used to be that way, but now you're sanctified, and now you're justified. You've been made clean through Jesus Christ, and your past sins don't have to define you tonight. Number five, your future plans, regardless of them. He's not concerned. He'll save you. He loves you. He'll change your life. Number six, your present state, it doesn't matter. You can come to him. You know what? The Lord doesn't turn anybody away. John chapter 6, the Bible tells us in verse 37. Look at this verse. It's a good verse to look at. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. We've studied it enough. How do we get saved? It begins by God, the Spirit, God going and convicting a heart. That's where it begins. God draws us to Him through His Word. And the the Spirit of God convicts us of our need of a Savior. And then when we receive Christ, when we come to Him, He will never cast you out. He'll never turn you away. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You? No, that's for everyone else, not you. You might as well just go your way. No, with the Lord, you come, He'll save you. He'll change your life. As I close this evening, sometimes we'll go through the genealogies and we just go through and we miss what's there. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. All different. Some really wicked. All sinners. But different stations in life, different things. But it's an amazing thing to me that God could take each of those ladies and place them in his life. What that tells me tonight is that God loves you. If you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that heaven is your home and you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ, the best decision you could ever make in your life is to get that settled and to know Christ. Because you know what happens when you get saved? You become part of the family tree. You're grafted in. And when you're grafted in, you're part of his family. And deep down the line on those branches somewhere, all the names, your name will be there. And your name's written in the book of life. But I would encourage you tonight, if you're here tonight, and you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, come see me before you leave. Let's get that settled tonight so you can know for sure that heaven's your home. And what a blessed thought to know that as bad as some of those ladies past were, that God can do a work in anybody's life. And also, don't get looking too bad at any of those ladies because they, they, got, they got to a pretty good spot. That Matthew chapter 1 would be a good spot to be in. But it's amazing what God can do in a life. 
and it's all by his grace. It's not of us, lest any man should boast. It's all about him and what he